Welcome to the Slim and Thick West Coast podcast, a space for those in the community. From news, media, and everything in between, this is a labor of love for the community that we love. So sit back and welcome to the conversation. Welcome back to the Slim and Thick West Coast podcast. This is your girls. This is Thick. What is up, you guys? This is your girl Slim. Good morning, afternoon, or night, wherever you are on this lovely planet that we have here. And welcome back to a long awaited episode. A long awaited episode? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys, but that actually can be a smooth transition into our next topic, which is that Slim, your girl Slim over here, is about to officially be done with nursing school. Woo! Woo! Yay! Yeah, we're celebrating. (laughs) I still have three weeks left. (laughs) I'm not done. (laughs) I'm not done, but I'm almost there. I'm closer than I was the last time we talked, so that's a positive. And yeah, I've been doing interviews and talking to people and you know, we're we're just transitioning to the next phase of our life now. It's chaotic, but you know, Slim lives in chaos, so And she loves it. This is how she functions on a regular basis. It is true, this is a fact. (laughs) (laughs) Chaos is the only way that I can make sense of everything around me. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I can't. All right, so I'm congratulations. So, how are you feeling about graduating? Um, I feel like it's not real. <laughs> I feel what does that mean? I just feel like okay, so bear with me. Okay, a young Slim going through her, her childhood life has mm-hmm. now entered college, right? And then she goes through the four years of college, she has a little hiccup, you know, mm-hmm. with seizures and stuff. <laughs> You stumbled a little bit. Yeah, it took me a while to find my footing. Right. Then I decided I wanted to be a nurse. Then I tried to kind of up my grades a little bit because it's competitive out there. I'm not going to lie about that. It is Mm -hmm. competitive to get into these nursing schools here. A lot of programs. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know a lot of programs. And then, you know, stumbled again, not really getting any traction. Then Mm. finally getting into nursing school at the college that I'm at right now. Right. And then that's another two and a half years of just doing spring, summer, fall, only a week break in between. And it's exhausting. Yeah. So it's just, you kind of get used to the fact of somebody else telling you all the time that, Hey, this is the information that you need to know. This is how it's going to be on the exam. These are the questions that you got to answer. And then now it's just like, okay, now you're going to be a full-fledged nurse. Now you're going to be in charge of actual patients. You're going to be doing actual care. And the clinical decision-making is going to be solely based on you. Yeah. You know? 
I mean, yeah, you can talk to, you're on a team, so yes, you can work it through with other people, but, you know, the promise is that you have the clinical experience and the cognitive functioning to do all of those things, so it's just kind of weird now, just being like, okay, now every week I'm not expected to take an exam, like, there's not going to be like a, oh, you get this holiday off now, or you get summer right. break, so. Yeah. It's different, on top of the fact that I had to go through the whole application process. Like, as an, if you're becoming a nurse, the application process is like two steps and it takes a while to do. So, you know, give yourself enough time to kind of do all of the steps beforehand before you graduate Mm -hmm. so that then you're not really worrying about too much. I would say the same same thing for like social work. I feel like, I feel like that's a normal part of professionalism is people don't understand this aspect of it and okay i'm i don't want to say i'm i'm triggered (laughs) tangent really fast i shout out to all of the maybe baby 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 boomers (laughs) and older people maybe older millennials like me or whatever that are listening I I respect you. I respect us. I expect respect past generations and the struggle. I really really do. But something that really just what do I want to say like boils my potatoes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know. I'm I've aged a lot. Um but something just like like really just aggravates me is when I'm watching this discussion around value and when it comes to college degrees and paying off loans and stuff like that um slim already knows this for the most part about me honestly but there is i i do feel feel very strongly that for this younger generation it's not that i'm not saying like with technological advancements things like that that we have not advanced that we have not made work better in many aspects or more efficient in many aspects sorry but follow me here and bear with me too my issue how i'm feeling about this stuff is that when we have these discussions i'm seeing people and again no shade to people who do trades i respect that i want my students who do to who do trades or are involved in that or that's a route they want to go to get that support in our academic facilities i really really think that we should emphasize that more and connect them more to those opportunities but something for me that i feel gets lost in the shuffle and the arguing is people kind of just seem to be portraying these certain degrees is like silver bullets it's one size fits all that solves everything like they're just saying like well if you didn't get an art history degree or if you went to college you can only get these degrees because these degrees have value or if you're going to a trade school um because you can't afford to go to college go to college then that's the route you should go and you should just stick to these types of trades 
Um, and you should not think about ever going to college or anything because you cannot afford it, right? Yeah. And I, I understand the realism and I understand the practicality and I get that. I respect that. But on the other hand, what I also feel is there's some deception with that. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, if we're all plumbers, yeah, I mean, that's great that mm-hmm. everyone can get a plumber whenever they want, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know anybody sitting in a restaurant or whatever, suddenly you, like, heal over or whatever, you want to be like, hey does anyone have any medical skills? And they're like, no, I can't do any of that, but I can sure as hell fix your your plumbing. (laughs) And that doesn't mean, again, this is not shade. I do not think that restaurant workers are lesser than trade school workers. I do not think college-educated people with master's degrees are better inherently than um, trade school individuals. I'm saying that each respective job requires skills and labor is labor if you want people working then let them work whatever job they're doing it if they're putting in 40 hours a week they should make a livable wage yes i don't think it is acceptable for us to be suddenly saying well you know what because yes you got an art history degree that has no value to the market so you don't deserve any help you don't deserve a a a dignified life or dignified wages yes and i think me and thick were talking about this beforehand and i i believe we said it in our professionalism one of our previous podcasts like very very slightly but I was saying that I feel like no labor is unskilled. When they say that, oh, this is an unskilled labor, right. I feel like that is inherently untrue because does it require training? A. Does it require time and approval and credentials of some, any sort of way? You know, mm-hmm. B. Then that means that it requires skill. So if you're going to be doing my plumbing or anything like that, and mind you, I'm a person who's supposed to be a nurse. I'm supposed to be handling, you know, medications that right. could rapidly change people's, you know, health or whatever. Right. I can't tell you, you know, <laughs> front from back of how a, to washing fix machine. a washing machine. How we were trying to decipher works. that today. Exactly. Our washing machine is like not working right now. So, so we're... something is broken in there. What it is, I cannot tell you. For the life of me, I cannot <laughs> tell you. I would rather you shoot me than me having to grind <laughs> how a washer works. But I'm like, yes. yes. And in those moments, we need a professional. A professional. That a professional knows who has practiced in that art, who has experience in that art, who has everything that they can tell you to be like, okay, this is what's wrong. This is how I'm going to fix it. And all of that stuff. So I believe that there is no unskilled and labor because if like, there is a need that yeah. needs to be fulfilled, then that means it requires labor. And if it requires labor, then it requires some sort of training or skill in that area for that person to be able to conduct business in that right. form. Like, have you seen, I think something that Slim pointed out to me is like, you've seen a new 
waiter, waitress, hostess, hostess. You've seen people that are training. And exactly. when they are fumbling through stuff or you're hearing someone in customer service and they're trying to fumble through their stuff, you're like, exactly. they're probably new. Why do you assume that? Why do you know that? Because, because they haven't. Yes, they don't have the skills yet to do the job properly. And exactly. so to assume all the time that, oh, because this major, you're not in it and you're not doing it, it doesn't require any mental faculties. It doesn't require any ability or skill or anything. I think that that doesn't make sense. And that's really unfair and it portrays this as well everything will be solved if people just chose the right careers so we should just all have doctors nurses um lawyers yes uh what else <laughs> um people that are in trade school things like that um. so all working class people who can't afford to go to college who can't afford to become a doctor a nurse or a lawyer should go to trade school that's your only other option however what i think that upsets me the most about it is that when people go to trade schools and stuff like that and they get certification in these careers it's still looked down upon it's like oh you couldn't go to a university mm -hmm. you couldn't go to something that has been certified you just gone to a trade school to do what two years and then now you're just working working and plugging away and doing all of that stuff mm -hmm. because then they want to take advantage of those people who work in trades. Yeah. You know, and be mm -hmm. like, well, you're not, you know, doing like seven years like a doctor or however many years for a lawyer and all that stuff and going through all of this rigorous mm -hmm. training and stuff like that. That's that's what we think. Yeah. But we don't really know what is required when it comes to trades. So when I when I like that. I was lucky enough and privileged enough to go out with uh, batteries included. And we went to different trade schools and they were talking about the trade industry. A lot of the trade schools and stuff like that, the biggest difference that I've seen from whether or not to go, because that's what the guy said, he was saying, he's like, what's the difference between a four-year degree at a co college or university versus if you do a programming degree, you go two years to a trade school to do programming and that versus if you're gonna go four years and get a computer programming degree from a university. Some people like one versus the other. Some people say going the trade school route is way better for that than going to the university. Because he said the, the method of teaching is different. And he said for trade school, they are way more hands-on. Yes, you are learning a trade, which means that you're going to be more hands-on. You're going to be learning the more intricate things. You're going to be working with your hands a lot. It's for people who want to get out there and do things, right? Exactly. Versus, I'm not saying like we're not getting out there and doing things, but, but with, when you're a nurse, yeah. you're a social worker and stuff. Like You like have that I theoretical model, model that is think given to you first prior right. before you can do the hands-on learning. Right. We take a whole bunch of tests. Exactly. Our tests are on paper first. We do a yeah. lot of stuff in the classroom first. And it's a lot of theory first. Exactly. And everything is, and this is something that I think is really interesting when it comes to nursing in school and possibly social work school too like any sort of like human facing 
job right or whatnot is that when you're learning in school the theoretical aspect is they'll tell you that it's like you're going to basically like this perfect you're working in this perfect environment where you have the resources you have the people everything is supposed to go a b c d in that order right nothing ever gets messed up right However, then, now on the flip side, when you're transitioning from that theoretical aspect to the clinical aspect or the in-person mm-hmm. aspect, the application, on, the application part. part, now you're like, okay, there's many other factors that now we have mm-hmm. to critically think about before we can make a decision, whereas before we could just be like, oh yeah, I see the answer, that's how it would go. It's A, B slots into A, kind of easy like that, right? you know? Yeah. And I think that that is what makes it so difficult. I think that is the part about nursing school that was so difficult for me was yeah. because then I had to have that cognitive break in my head where it's like where I'm taking a test, I'm like, okay, this is a perfect environment. But if I'm working in the hospital setting or any sort it's of gonna clinical look setting, yeah, I'm like, what the right answer is going to look different. Yeah, the right answer is going to be a little bit different or it's going to require more steps or it's going to be a lot more thought out then Mm -hmm. how it's going to be just on paper. Because everything always, in my head, always looks better. From the textbook, it always looks like, oh, it's perfect. You know, I'm going to ask them some questions. They're going to answer all my questions straightforward. I'm going to fill out this perfect intake. I'm going to have all this information. Boom, boom, boom. It's going to go like gangbusters. And then you actually get out to the site or you get the client. And the client's like... Uh, I don't want to answer that. That's really personal. Um, I don't exactly. believe in that. Um, the option that we want to go with is this. What? Or, That's my only option? I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do. Exactly. Oh. Or you'll ask a question and you're expecting one response and they'll give you another response. Yes. A very vague response. Yes. Mind you. And then you're like, and okay, then you're like, okay, okay so I probe and I then they're like, uh, I'm shutting you down right now. I'm not answering that. Exactly. Or they'll t- say one thing and it'll be like, is this like an emergency? Should I get somebody? Like, what is, what do I do now that I have this information? Like, what's happening? Or they just say no. Exactly. Just no. Or the thing for me <laughs> was no. like, oh my gosh, I hated it so much. Was that we, when we practiced in my first year of nursing school, my first semester, it was health assessment. And what we had to do was we had to do SBAR. <laughs> so basically, that's just basically your handoff to the next nurse that's going right. to be going on to taking care of the patient. So I got to play Slim's patient. We yeah, recorded. This was, was during COVID. <laughs> this was during COVID University. So for yes. all of the COVID so. grads, COVID University grads, we are extra, extra special <laughs> in terms of our application. Congratulations. Because half yeah. of my nursing, probably 75% was online. I so. remember Slim had this breakdown because all the other students were like, oh, I'm ready to get out there. I just Ooh, want to be hands done. on. I just want to jump in there. And Slip's just like, we have been practicing in our bedrooms. We <laughs> are not ready. We are dealing with people's lives. People could die. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was having a very existential moment. <laughs> because they were like, I'm so ready. I just want to be in the hospital. Boom, I just boom, boom, be boom. in there. That trade school attitude. Get out exactly. there. We're going like, to find I out. I want to go and do it. <laughs> And I'm literally like, all I know how to do is to take a manual PP and be able to ask this person, are you suicidal with the expectation that they say no? Hopefully. (laughs) Exactly. Hopefully. Hopefully. 
Exactly. <laughs> and if they say pray, they don't say yes. And exactly. if they say yes, oh my god. What do I do now? <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> Like, we are exactly. understaffed. Or, like, if I get an aggressive patient, because in, you know, oh, yeah. Utopia Hospital and everything like that, no patient is rude. No patient is no. mean. They're going to answer all of your questions no. to the fullest of their ability. Or the redirect is super swift. Like, you'll just say one redirect, like, okay, that's well, a like, very, like, negative, negative, but let's, let's change your perspective. And, and then, then suddenly like, they're like, oh, I'm yeah, going to fix my whole me, life. Exactly. Yeah. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> I actually planned something for my future. And then, yeah, right? And then, and reality, then actually in the hospital, they're, they're like, like, I'm going to throw this at you. <laughs> exactly. They're like, who the fuck are you to tell me how to do my life? And I'm like, I only work here. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I love that too. I, I, yes, I just want to remind people that that's a real thing. When people are screaming, when you're screaming, please be a little bit understanding because, yes, I only work here. I remember being in customer service and you just get like the worst of the worst and the most toxic stuff. Exactly. And that's why I'm like, I had I had a person who was literally just like, I hope you never procreate. I hope you don't have children because they're probably going to be thieves like you. And I'm like, sir, you don't know me. Exactly. <laughs> I had a patient. I had a patient. And I was telling Fig about this the other day. It was like oh, yes. second to last shift as a nap at this hospital and this patient i was a sitter for the first time like a full-on sitter for the full 12 so hours. i had her first physical altercation and this patient we had full conversations throughout the whole day i don't know what <laughs> mentally was going on with him they had alerted me that he was aggressive but they said he was more so verbally not so physically so i was okay. like okay Usually I can distract people because, you know, I try to just, like, talk about whatever they're talking about and stuff like that. But I try not to talk to this patient because... They give us very few things for this type of stuff. Exactly. I was trying not to talk to the patient because if you said one thing, it would probably be, like, a throwaway thing. And then he would mm. take it and he would run with it and he would just do whatever. He just weaponized it. Yeah, weaponized it. Or for some reason, he thought that I was specifically hired on to take care of him for whatever reason, and he would fire me. I was fired like four times that day. Yes, he loved to say, you're fired. You're fired. And Get like, out of my F you, and F you, Slim has a theory for this, which mm, I don't know, <laughs> but, but. But, however, this is how, and I kid you not, scene by scene word for word how my last interaction was with him was that he had worked with physical therapy he mm -hmm. seemed nice he seemed talkative he seemed like he was doing better right and all that stuff and he was ready to sleep because all day he just said <laughs> i'm sick of people coming in here and interrupting me because i just want to sleep i just want to get some rest so i was like okay after all day he's been up just up Yelling, just screaming, yelling profanities. screaming profanities, doing whatever, trying to go to the Asking bathroom. Slim if she's from Africa, if she knows English. So that I've been happens. speaking in English this whole so time. So that happened later. So yeah, so after he worked with physical therapy and everything like that, you know, he got up, he walked around, he did all that stuff, and they said, okay, we'll come back tomorrow. 
if you agree that you want to work with physical therapy. And he said, yeah. Right. So I was like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll put you on our list tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm stressing that. <laughs> and so then we're in there for an hour. He kind of has his hissy fit here and there and whatnot. He wants to go to the bathroom. He wants to sit up in a chair. He wants to sit in a wheelchair specifically <laughs> for his back for whatever reason. So they're trying to find a wheelchair for him. And so he's just, he's, he's just, uh, fucking wind up toy. He's up <laughs> and out and walking around. Then he decides, I want to walk in the hall. I want to walk in the hall. I want to do that for my back. That's in pain. I don't know why you would want to walk if your back's in pain, but that's what he said. <laughs> and I said, oh no, sir. You said that you had left-sided weakness and whatever else was going on with him and i just said you know just for your safety mm-hmm. we don't want you to fall there's also right. sick patients out in the, in the actual hospital because you're in a hospital and you don't have a mask all that stuff we just want to protect you from getting more sick and everything like that and also we consider you a fall risk and he was just like mm-hmm. f you what the f do you think you're talking about you've seen me walk all day what the f do you think i'm talking about i can walk i can effing walk i can do all this stuff you see me effing walk and all that stuff f you if you're not gonna go with me then i'm just gonna go by myself and i said sir again there's sick people out there we don't want you to get sick if there's anything that you need like more water food anything like that you can just let me know and i can get your nurse or i can go and get it myself Right. He was like, F that, get out of my way. You don't know what the F you're talking about. I said, I want to walk in the effing hallway. And I said, sir, again, you're a forest. We just want to protect your safety and you not getting any more sick because you've said that mm-hmm. you don't want to be in the hospital. Well, if you get better a lot faster, then hopefully we can yeah. get the doctor to get you discharged. Right. And he was just like, F you, where the F do you think you're you're at you're fired i don't want to see you again are you from effing africa do you even understand english and i was just like we're we just had a whole conversation right now in english i don't know where this came from but i was just like sir if you just want to have a seat i can get your nurse for you if you don't want to talk to me you can talk to your nurse and then he was just like F you, I'm gonna strangle you. <laughs> F you, I, if you don't get out of my way, F you, I can walk and all of that stuff. And then he tried to hit me with his walker and then he kind of like went on the floor. <laughs> so he was like, he fell and then, I, and then she was like, paperwork. <laughs> and I'm sorry, okay, look, if you're in a hospital, paperwork. If you're in a hospital, the thing is kind of age cap scores or hospital you know satisfaction scores and stuff oh, like good. that and the biggest goal that hospitals have is to have zero falls so if you oh. fall we have to fill out paperwork to explain what happened they're going to talk to you and if it turns out that they, that we could be liable then you don't have to pay for your stay and Dang. extra all this other stuff but also i could get in trouble the nurse can get in trouble and the charge nurse can get in trouble right and all that stuff so that's why when he fell in that moment he <laughs> In my defense, I said that he was very close to calling me the N-word, but he did not, so So I was like, okay, credit you that you didn't say that, but you did ask me if I was from Africa and if I even said that, (laughs) so I was already mad about that, so when he fell, I was like, not necessarily worried about his health, because you tried to hit me 
with his walker at that point, so I just instinctively grabbed the walker when it was coming towards me, and then I was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to fill out so much paperwork, and I'm gonna have to stay after, <laughs> after my shift, and I just wanna leave, <laughs> exactly, so, but yeah, so it turns out that we, we, we talked to him, we calmed him down, all that stuff, and... Even though I told the charge nurse, I told the charge nurse, and I told the nurse that I got to help me get him back up, even though he was cussing out the other nurse, (laughs) too, about he didn't need any help, that, you know, he tried to hit me with his walker. He said, I didn't effing try and hit her with my walker. I didn't effing try and hit you. You're a liar. I just fell. And I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) This man is literally sitting ass bare naked on the floor <laughs> telling other people that he did not try and assault me. Like, I was just like, I, this is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> and then it was just, the thing about it for me was when she said this, she was like, so I was like, how are you supposed to get help? Because if, if he maybe was younger or something and he really had that determination, he might have really came at you, right? And she was like, well, they just tell us, like, we use our de-escalation techniques, which, eh, and then we just scream for help, and then someone will hear in the hallway, and they're supposed to come rush and help us. And I'm like, look, everybody, no. I just... <laughs> I was like, the no. nurse told me, she was like, if you feel like you can't handle the situation, or if you feel like the escalation is getting out of your control, just basically scream, just really loud, just like, help, help, I need help. And I was like, I understand that. I truly do. No. And I was about to do that, but I was like, I needed to ensure my safety prior yes. to that happening. And he was coming at me with a walker. So in that moment, my instinct was to be like, I need to ensure my safety prior to trying to scream for help or what have you. But that's not, for me, that's like, that's not safety. Listen, everybody. I <laughs> One of the things I researched very heavily was violence in the workplace. Uh, and for social workers, for uh, hospital workers, medical professionals, all of that, a lot of violence happens in the workplace. I mean, let alone teachers. We don't even calculate or think about that. Yeah. But one of the most dangerous areas, the most dangerous areas they said for social workers is working in mental health wards, hospitals, and schools. I work at a school. dangerous. Right? Yes. With the school shootings, all those types of things going on. So that's why when I'm like, when we're having these discussions and people are like, well, I'm able to pay my way and pay off my loans and do all this type of stuff. And I'm like, we are constantly having to pay for CEUs, continuing education, you know, units. We have to do unpaid internship hours. We have to do uh, clinical hours, like you said, all that type of stuff. And I think people don't realize, like, again, that's a lot of work and stuff that you're doing before you even get into your field. I feel that a lot of us are getting burnt out before we even get to that point. 
And so at the end of the day, yeah, it's great. I love my students. I really do. But even they notice and see, like, the proof is in the pudding. And they see and they're like, we know that social workers are not treated right. And they account for what? 70% licensed clinical social workers and marriage and family therapists account for 70% of, like, the mental health care field. They do most of the therapy. But uh, nurses, EMTs, we found out EMTs during the pandemic don't have benefits. They don't have, benefits they don't have health, health insurance. insurance. Nurses, doctors, other. So I'm like, when we're talking about our workforce and we're saying, well, why should we have to pay for an arts degree? Why do we have to do? Which, by the way, listen here. During that time when, you know, we we're having this shortage of people, how many people were going to fast food? How many people want to go to restaurants? How many people want to get curbside to go? Exactly. That all takes minimum wage workers, people Labor. that are working for a living. But you also need managers, people that are good at handling um, and leading those workforce and yeah. forward-facing and customer serv- service-facing individuals, yeah. which there isn't necessarily a college degree for that or perfectly or whatever, but... Again, shouldn't shouldn't they make a livable wage if that's what they're doing full time is managing yeah. these new incoming people coming into this? Hospitality yeah. is one of the biggest colleges in Vegas, right? Yeah. I think everything has its place. Marketing, business, ev- everything has its place. And yeah. to tell the market to de- to say the market is what should determine everything. No. At the, during the time when COVID happened, could anyone anticipate that construction would get shut down? That was sold yeah. to people as a bulletproof job. Yeah. Real estate was now. sold to people as a bulletproof job. And what happened? A lot of those workers had to get benefits, had to get PPP loans. Yeah. And it was social workers that they needed in those offices they had to get private contractors to answer those phones because we gutted the social service systems and again that's another thing when people are saying oh well you know like they should just make sure that they can get hired on and get the best pay and everything it's like who do you think determines hiring and pay do you think it's just nurses and social workers that are just determining our pay we just go in there and we say i want to be paid this low (laughs) right right we're just going around and we're just not applying to certain jobs we're just going in there and being the worst interviewees but that's what i think is the most frustrating because now we feel like we've normalized this behavior where it's like oh well if you're dealing with people then that's just an expectation of your job you know Mm. where it was like yes and like to finalize this like incident or whatever have you you know my charge nurse was amazing the nurse handling Mm -hmm. the case was amazing and they gave me the option to switch assignments and I said you know for his safety and my safety Mm -hmm. I feel uncomfortable taking care of this patient for the rest of the day I'm more than willing to switch my assignment to somebody else you know right and they were like you know what for the safety of you know, the person that's going to be taking care of this person, we want to switch it to a male gendered, male presenting person. And so Soy was like... And so then we swapped <laughs> out, so I finished the rest of my shift on the ortho unit, and you know what? I had a grand old time. 
I was helping little old ladies change their <laughs> sheets, and I was helping little old ladies go to the bathroom. And I was like, you know what? This is fine with me. I'm okay. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I saw the CNA who had taken over my shift, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm sorry about the last minute change. Like, was he okay? Mm. And everything like that. And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, he slept for the rest of the day. Didn't say a word. And I was just like, excuse me? And he was like, oh yeah, he was like, zero problem. He just went into bed and he just slept for the rest of the day. Didn't leave bed at all. And I was like, wow, wow. This man, and this is what Vic was talking about earlier, was that I was like, this man is full on sexist. I I didn't say he was sexist, but Slip was like, no. It can't be. He, he has to be. Must because be. I, mm, <laughs> I know. And, and I know people always roll their eyes like, "Oh, sex is no, why do we have to talk like, about how it?" Could you say but it? like, I come on, like everybody. That nothing had changed because the night CNA <laughs> who I had relieved that morning mm-hmm. was, you know, female presenting. Okay. So she was saying about how he was being violent and all that stuff, and then oh, he was also violent towards the, the nurse that was taking care of him. And oh. he was also violent towards the nurse that I had asked for help when he had had fallen and everything oh. like that. But then this male presenting individual comes in to take over his majority of his care throughout the day to just watch him. Right. And then now, oh. He doesn't have to go to the bathroom. Not one time. <laughs> he doesn't have to walk around his room. His back pain, infinitely better. Not a word would have been spoken. Maybe spoken. maybe they did the care different. Did the did the male CNA do care differently than you all? No. I just asked no? him. He was just like, no, I went in, I sat down, and he just slept for the rest of the day. He just slept. Didn't talk to me at all. <laughs> And then I went over after my shift on the ortho unit and I went to the charge nurse and I was like, I heard he did not move a muscle. I heard he did, he just piped down real quick. And she was just like, I know, right? And I was like, I know! <laughs> and I was just like, this makes no sense. This makes no sense. And then even the nurse or the patient was like, we're all mad. And I was like, I am infuriated. <laughs> That's amazing. Because I just, I was like, nothing, nothing in my head made sense. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I was like, what difference could I have made? And I was just like, the instant he woke up that morning, he had to have seen me, had to have known that I was Mm -hmm. either a nursing student or that I was female presenting or that I was smaller in stature and that he decided that he could just push me around. And me, you know, subverting that idea and being like, no, telling him, no, you can't do certain things. You do have rules and these rules need to be followed for your safety for whatever reason. He just decided that, you know what? No, I can scare this person into doing what I want them to do. So thank you for sharing that. And speaking of responsibilities, so... Like I said, yes, I do think, especially when we're talking about this, the responsibilities of work and workplace culture and all that, when we're having those discussions, I hope we have a little bit more nuance because it does, like, aggravate me. And especially for younger people, I think for us, it's just hearing that type of stuff as if it's like, 
well, you know, you guys just need to make sure you're, you're getting chosen for the best jobs or going into a market that wants you and stuff. And I'm like, we don't do hiring. Exactly. All we can do is, and Slim can say that right now. I hate job searches. I do. Be honest. Like, we don't it's hire. We do not do staffing. Inducing. We do not, yeah, we don't do, I don't know any young person who likes to be out there searching for a job. But we don't make those rules. We don't exactly. do make those decisions. We don't create the job listings. We don't create but, the reasons for why somebody yeah. would hire you. Anything like that. We don't create the pay scale. We don't yeah. determine what the grant amount's going to be. We don't determine any of those things. So the fact that people are just saying, like, well, you decided to enter into this type of industry and da 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 da. I'm like, I, we are slim is subject to whatever the hospital decides it wants to do. If it only wants to hire people that are have their nurses license already have two years experience in a specific field then that is what they're gonna do regardless of whether or not her degree is quote-unquote valuable to them and we know that hospitals are understaffed but companies and stuff like that they have a bottom line and their agenda is gonna look way different than slim's agenda as a nurse and that's where a code of ethics and things like that come into play. So having the market decide if that's what we're going to do, I think that is what I think puts us in a position to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Especially when it comes to education in school. Um, but with that, I want to personally say thank you for all the support for the podcast. And hopefully we'll see you next time. And as always, good morning, afternoon, or night, wherever you are on the good old planet earth and we will see you in the next one all right bye bye